Good morning, everyone. I'm Christy, and it's great to have you at Door of Hope this morning as we move into our second part of this series, Love Everybody Always. We don't, do we? We don't always turn left. We don't always love those that look different to us. We don't always love those that are hurtful towards us. We don't always love those who are difficult. We don't. Um, There's a saying that says that you should live life with no regrets. Um, I read a book recently that said, actually, there are some regrets in our life that are good for us to remember. The regrets that refer to the things that we should have done for others, but we didn't. Those regrets that remind us of the words we said to others that we shouldn't have. And uh, the name of my regret is Belinda. Her name was Belinda Jarvis, actually. In primary school, Belinda used to come to school uh, without a uniform. Belinda always had head lice, well, that's what we said. Belinda um, didn't have any friends. And Danny just told me not to cry. (laughs) Belinda Jarvis is my regret. And when I look back on the way that I saw her and treated her as a really young person at the age of eight or nine, that stays with me. And I think that's a pretty good regret to keep in my heart because it reminds me that I don't want to be like that again in the future. Jesus' words don't give us much room to move on love, do they? Uh, Last week, Steve read uh, from Matthew 22 about the lawyer that said, hey, Jesus, what's the greatest command? And the Pharisees of the day, the Jewish people of the day, lived in a framework of commands, didn't they? The framework of the law. And what did Jesus reply to the lawyer? Anyone remember? Anyone read Matthew 22 lately? He said, love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. What's the second one? Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. He's not mincing words. It's simple, but not easy. Commands, you might call them rules. They certainly weren't meant to be rules. The commandments that God gave the children of Israel, his beloved people, were meant to reveal his character to them. They were meant to give them this framework in which to live an abundant life. They were meant to give an example of how to interact with each other well so that we could uh, be in community together. But we aren't good at rules are we? We aren't good at rules. The Old Testament, actually all of history this week, shows us that we're not good at rules. I'm not really good at rules. Um, I was in cooking class in year eight, and as you can imagine, what's the biggest rule in cooking class? Don't lick your fingers, yes? Okay, so we were cooking marshmallow, making marshmallows, and I made mine blue because it was fun, and it was very blue, and my teacher came up to me and said, Christy, 
don't lick your fingers. And I'm like, I didn't. And I had this smear of blue, like, all over my face. It was obvious that I'd broken the rules. Parking are rules that maybe I break a few too often. You know, two hours. Yeah. Bus stop. Not all the time, but you know there's a rule. It's very clear, there's signs, but I don't always obey those rules. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. We aren't good at rules. But what I want to say today is love is not a rule. Love came way before any rules. Love came way before commands because God is love and he came first. As Jesus told the lawyer when he asked, the rules hang on love, don't they? They hang on it. Love is the scaffolding of the law and the commands that the Jewish people had. Love are the bones that the flesh sits around to make it real. That's what love is. In Romans 13, verse 8, I'm going to use the message paraphrase says, don't run up debts except for the huge debt of love, which you owe to each other. When you love others, you complete what the law has been all along. The law code, don't sleep with another person's spouse, don't take someone's life, don't take what isn't yours, don't always be wanting what you don't have. And any other don't you can think of finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. When you add up everything in the law code, the sum total is love. Everything hangs on love. God's love came before the law. And God's love sent Jesus to fulfill it. How do we know that? Because Jesus tells us. In Matthew, he says, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. We'll leave that um, bit of scripture there. Jesus' life and presence on earth fulfilled the law to the full. It completed it. It made it perfect. Not just the rules that he bought, not just the commands that he reminded people of, but his compassion, his hospitality, the way he saw the other, the way he saw the people other people didn't see. Jesus showed us that God's, what God's law looked like as a person what God's looked like in real life. That's what Jesus did. He brought the law to completion. And love looked like death, didn't it? Death on a cross. I'm part of a um, connect group at Door of Hope called The Gathering. And we are a group of people that gather about once every two months, actually, to um, practice and learn about spiritual disciplines that would uh, enrich our lives as Jesus followers. And each time we meet, we have a word that we, I guess, meditate on or think about and share with each other. And last time we met, the word was abandon. Now, I'm a glass half full person, if you haven't already noticed. 
like to look on the bright side of life. So for me, abandon was, you know, like dancing in a field or at a concert and you're just, yes, sold out. And I was like, yeah, abandon. And then my friend Sandra, who's in the group, was like, you know, when Jesus was on the cross and he was abandoned, I'm like, I honestly had not thought of the other type of abandon. That's the glass half full version. And then I was like, wow, that hit me. That when Jesus was on the cross in this act of love, in the fulfillment of what God had sent him for, he was abandoned. In Matthew 27, uh, which is on the screen, it says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma Sebastianai, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There was a sense of abandonment. And some of the bystanders said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on the reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, wait. Let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again and yielded up his spirit. There was a sense of abandonment, but in a moment there was a sense of abandon to his father. He came and willingly, not my will but your will, God, gave himself for us in that act of love, the father's love for us. Abandon. And as I was preparing this message, I got to this point and I thought, how can we move past this without remembering what Jesus did? So we're going to share communion now. This moment where we take a piece of bread and a piece and some grape juice, just like Jesus did with the people at his table, they didn't know yet what they would be remembering. They would remember Jesus, and we remember his sacrifice for us, the way that he spread his arms in abandon for us and gave of his love, of his Father's love. So we're going to do that right now. If communion's not something you've shared before, that's okay. Please pass it along. Uh, If you're online um, with us today, please um, grab something uh, from home. If that's a practice that you do and share with us in communion, I'm going to pray for us now. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are love and from the beginning you've been love. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die and to finish the story of bringing us back to you. And God, as we take this piece of biscuit that represents your body, and the grape juice that represents your blood, may we remember you, may we delight in you, may we be aware of that abandon with which you did this and be thankful and grateful in your name, amen. Let's share together. Yeah. Another picture painted that sometimes we don't have to turn left, we just have to see the people in front of us. 
literally walking in front of us. So if love came before rules, love is still a command, isn't it? Jesus said, here are the two greatest commands. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. But my next point is we can't love everybody always. Can we? Adam and Eve wanted to be like God, and from that moment on, it was a challenge to love. We have the capacity, God put it in us, but it's a challenge. We can't love everybody always, but God can, and you know what? He lives in us. And that's what I want to say to you today, really, that because he lives in us, we can love with his love. Love should be about how we operate because of who we are in Christ. Love is our identity. We are loved by God. And we can love others because of the fact that he loved us. Galatians in the Bible says, I am crucified with Christ, one of the amazing mysteries of God, that even in 2019, we are crucified with him. It is no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. And when he lives in me, his love is in me for others and I can give that. The Holy Spirit loving through us, the Father God loving through us. In 1 John 4, it says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and love is made complete in us. So we can't love everybody always, but Jesus in us can. He can. So this series, Loving Everybody Always, is about renewing our thinking about the teachings of Jesus and what he showed us and what he taught us. And you think, well, of course Jesus can love everybody, whether he turns left or whether they're right in front of him. He's God. Do you remember what Melinda Dwight said to us two weeks ago when she was here from Alpha? He said, Jesus was fully man. When he came to earth, he was fully man. And he accesses the Father's heart and the Father's power just like we do. He was God, but he gave up those rights and privileges of heaven when he came to earth as a man. And he showed us how we do this because he did the same thing. So he loved just like we can. Moving from a point of being focused on ourselves to be moving to a place of being Jesus-centered and others-focused, we can love others as Jesus did. Moving from abandon to being abandoned to the Father's love. Paul talks about daily working out our salvation. And it sounds strange because so often we talk about salvation as this moment when we accept Jesus. And we say, Jesus, would you live in me? Would you be Lord of my life? And we're saved, and that's true. But working at our salvation is a lifelong journey, and that's why at Door of Hope we talk about a hope pathway. It's a long pathway, hopefully, for us all. 
It's a long pathway where we work out what that means to have Jesus as part of our life. In Philippians, uh, it says that we are to be energetic in our life of salvation, reverent and sensitive to God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within us, God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. What gives God pleasure? Seeing others in relationship with him, seeing us in relationship, in community, that gives his pleasure. Worship gives him pleasure. God's energy, God's Holy Spirit works in us to accomplish these things. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't love everybody always. So as I was preparing for this um, talk on Wednesday morning, I got up early because I'm a morning person and us morning people, if we want to get something done, we get up early. So I got up early, I was upstairs and I heard the little footprints on the stairs and little head poked around the corner and it was my son Toby and he's like had the little bleary eyes and the mushed up hair. He said, good morning and he came and snuggled next to me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm preparing a talk for Door of Hope on Sunday. He said, what is it about? I said, it's about love. I said, what do you think I should say in my talk? And he said, you should talk about that love nursery rhyme. And I'm like, I don't know a love nursery rhyme. I said, what love nursery rhyme? He said, the one on the fridge. And I'll show you a photo. Love is patient, love is kind. This is our memory verse from 1 Corinthians 13 that we are teaching our kids and hoping that they will take these things on. There he is in his jammies. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not greedy. Love doesn't show off. Love is not proud or rude. Love always thinks of others first, etc. There's some typos there too. But this list is how we love, isn't it? And I got a bit of a, uh, I guess, a new perspective on these verses, usually read at weddings, and we think of this as how God loves us. But as I was reading through, I was like, this is how we do it. This is actually how we love. With the love that Christ gives us, with the love that the Father has in us. This is how we love. And for some of us, turning left is quite easy. We're happy to go and mingle with people that we're not used to or we find difficult. But when we get there, we think, what do we do? What do we do? And maybe we're a person in our job or in our stage of life where we have lots of people in front of us all the time. And we think, how do I love them well? Well, this list, I think, is a great one to start with. What does it look like? It's being patient. It's being kind. It's not want what others have. And this is equally relevant to our kids and our spouse and our loved ones as it is to people that we don't find easy to love. It's, not putting, it's putting others first. It's not being greedy. It's having self-control. It's not keeping score of the sins of others. It's not delighting in evil. It's always being protective. It's always trusting. It's always hoping. It's always persevering. And scripture actually um, tells us why this is important. First Corinthians verse 12, the very last verse says, 
and yet I will show you the most excellent way. And then it talks about how we love the most excellent way. It gives us the clue. Look, this is the most excellent way. This is how we love well. Um, A principle, ex-principle at Worldview Centre where Danny and I live and work, his name is Don Barnes. And um, a great man of God and speaker. And he always talks about the fact that anything that God gives us, spiritual gifts, fruits of the spirit, uh, the ability to love is a grace from him. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That actually, when I'm patient, that's the grace of patience in us. It comes from God. When I am kind, it is the grace of kindness in me. And this has helped me so much, especially with my children, because we can try as much as we want to be patient, but it's not easy, is it? Even, especially when Lego is involved, I found recently. <laughs> Something about Lego that, oh, patience. But when I say to the Lord, just in my head, can you give me the grace of patience? It's not something I have to create within me. It's something that he gives me. And when there's people in front of us that we need to love or that God is saying, you need to love this person, you don't have to create this in yourself. You can say, God, give me the grace of understanding. Give me the grace of not judging this person. Give me the grace of being gentle right now. And it comes from him. The grace of patience, the grace of kindness, the grace of not being greedy and wanting for myself, the grace of trusting. And for me, reading this in that light of it all comes from God for us to give, put a whole new perspective on it, because boy, it seemed hard. It really did. Jesus turned left, didn't he? He turned left and went and ate with sinful tax collectors. He turned left and spoke to a Samaritan woman who was not someone he should have been speaking to. But he didn't just speak to her, did he? He sat down next to her and he listened. The grace of listening, this is my thing, everyone. This is my thing. And God gets my attention about this over and over and over again. The gift of listening to someone without giving advice, without telling them they're wrong, just listening is loving. The grace of listening. Jesus turned left and touched lepers. Actually, they touched him. And he stood and he healed them. The grace of prayer. When Melinda Dwight spoke to us a couple weeks ago, I wrote down in my journal, I nearly prayed for someone this week. I nearly did, but I didn't. And it's reminded me at that moment, God, give me the grace to pray. Give me the grace to be available to what your Holy Spirit wants to do in me at that very moment. And it might only be a moment. Wasn't that a great thing to hear from her? It's not the next 10 years, it's a moment. We can all do a moment. And Jesus adds those up, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, around the clock, do you remember? He adds them and he gives those gifts to people that are seeking him. I think I've got one more slide up there and it says, Jesus-centered, others-focused. 
together join community. This is a typo. This is predictive text, join. It's meant to be in for people that know our mission statement at Door of Hope. Jesus-centered, others-focused. But it caught my attention, and I'm like, God, did you just autocorrect my slide? This is not the only community God wants us to love in Door of Hope. It's awesome, and it fills us up every Sunday, and it's great, and coming to the carnival on Friday was joyous, and my daughter April said, can we go next Friday? I'm like, I'm not sure Dorothy and Jesse are up for that. But this is not the only community we're meant to love in. We're meant to love in the other communities we are in. And maybe God's calling you to love in a community you haven't been to yet, that you should join and you should get to know and you should turn left and drive there. Maybe he's asking you to do that today. Love those in front of you, but maybe he's asking you to join a new one. Um, I want us to do something right now. I want for you to think for just a minute about one of those 1 Corinthians 13 love methods, activities, graces that you need to be showing to someone in your world right now. And this isn't always a comfortable thing to do, but the Holy Spirit is, his job, one of his jobs is to let us know what he wants from us and to guide us. And I want us to give just a minute to do that today. If you're watching online, maybe you'd like to write it down on a piece of paper. If you're here, I'd like you to turn to someone next to you and share it with them. So let's just do one minute first, and then we can share. What's one thing that God is asking us to love someone in our world? I'm an extrovert, so things always work better when I say them to someone. I know not all of you are like that, but maybe that's helpful to you today. So God has painted some pictures here today. I wonder what picture is sticking with you. Is it the picture of the runner going somewhere new and letting God break down those walls, break down those assumptions and those judgments and replace them with his love? Maybe it's the picture of Katie who gave herself in moments to people that passed her by in the dance that we saw. Maybe it's a picture of God's Father heart working through us, that we can't love everybody always, but through us, He can. That's His plan. That's why He sent the Holy Spirit, so that we could be that on earth, that we could be Jesus on earth. Whatever pictures that is, I pray that it will go with you into this week, and it will change your perspective on how we can love everybody always. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who dwells in this place and dwells in the heart of those who love and ask for your presence in our life. And God, I ask for people here in this room and watching online who don't yet know that reality. Lord, I ask that you would speak to them, that your Holy Spirit would work in their lives. Lord, you pursue them in love. I pray that you would grab hold of their hearts, God. Lord, thank you for the pictures you've painted for us today. Would you bring them to mind this week as we sit with you, as we read your word, 
as we talk to others, as we see those who come across our path, would you remind us that the grace that comes from you allows us to be patient, to be kind, to be gentle, to not be greedy, to be self-controlled, to be loving. Thank you, Father, for the equipping and everything that you give us. And we ask that you would continue to be so present to us this week. In your precious name, amen.